Trademarts 120 Grit podcast is brought to you by QuoteSpec. QuoteSpec is the newest building and construction quoting app created and designed by a working builder. Produce job-winning professional quotes in minutes with QuoteSpec's cloud-based quoting software. Get your free trial at www.quotespec.com and be prepared to get your life back. On this episode, we sit down with Mick Gould, recent contestant on Channel 9's Married at First Sight. We talk about how the experience was on reality television, what it's like now being a social media influencer, and what he's up to now. Enjoy. Well then, good day, mate. <laughs> Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. All right. Welcome to 120 Grit. We've got a uh, very special guest here with us today, uh, Mick Gould. Um, Plasterer from Gimpy, hobby farmer, self-proclaimed, and uh, <laughs> recent uh, contestant on Married at First Sight. Mick, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. Hey, Good to have you, mate. Thanks for coming in. Yep. How's uh, how's 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 things now that you're a uh, bit of a social media star? Oh, it's different. It's different. Uh, just you know, it's. It's been good. It's it's starting to die down a bit now, which is good. You're starting to get your your normal normal life and normal routine back again. But um, it's been insane. I, I didn't realise the the level and the depth of uh, the reach that Married at First Sight had, and how extreme it was going to be. I remember one time. Uh, Mark and I on the show we did a bit of promo work at Channel Nine and we're having smoke. Uh, one of the one of the Sheila's there in charge of the social media stuff. She's gone. Just enjoy this moment. And uh, I was like, "What are you on about, idiot?" And she's gone. No one knows who you are yet. You can have food in peace. And I'm looking at her going, "You buddy flog. You have no idea what you're on about." Sure enough, she knew exactly what she was on about <laughs> because now, like, you've got to have smoke. Oh, but you've got to like, if you're in a food court, you've got to tuck yourself so you're behind a pole. Oh shit! It's Mate, it's so it's you can just eat in peace. Sometimes oh. we take our privacy for granted. Sometimes, don't we? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, so I guess. Uh, you know, we want to find out a little bit more about you. So, who was who was Mick Gould before the show? You're uh, you're you're a gimpy lad. So, tell us a bit about uh, where you've come from, a bit of an upbringing, and, and you know how you've how you've come here. Oh, well, I um I grew up in in Brisbane, so I was in the northern suburbs, um, out Strathpine Way, and you know, normal normal suburban sort of upbringing. You're uh, you know, big brother, younger sister, and uh, middle child. So, I was a difficult bugger out of the out of the three of us. So. <laughs> It was normal. Went to yeah, you know, went to went to secondary school and was always going to be a um, you know sports exercise scientist for a uh, an AFL team. And now yeah, right, yeah, just a big Brisbane dirty Lions blaster. fan. You'd yeah, make, yeah. You'd make a great footballer, all seven foot eight of you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, pity. Um, I actually did play bloody AFL. Um, I've had. Two surgeries on my right knee, and I, I snapped ACL in my left knee that I haven't uh, had reconstructed yet. So time to hang up the boots. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. As soon as I did, <laughs> can't uh, run without an ACL, mate. Oh, absolutely. Well, you can. It's just straight lines, and as we know, on an oval shaped bloody field, you sort of need to be able to change direction. Of that, so, um, which is a bit of a, it's a sort of a, a maintenance thing as well with um, with working as well. Um, you know, you. I mean, everyone out the, out there, like I know. But he heaps of blokes that it's just a struggle to go to work every day with the with the injuries and and just things that happen and they don't have the correct 
you know, whether they don't have income protection or they just can't afford to have the time off work, so they just got to suck it up and get on with the job. And that's basically that's basically how I am, you know. Like uh, often, so, you don't have to think about it until you know worst case, until an injury happens or mm. you're off work. You know, you don't have to sort of think about that stuff. Absolutely, until then. yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, so you injured yourself at work or was it playing? No, I was playing, playing footy. Yeah, playing yeah, footy. yeah. Just, um, yeah, the, the latest one was, uh, it was about, yeah, 10 minutes ago in the last quarter and that was going to be it because that was going to be it for the year. I think there was like four rounds to go, but, buddy, I was going to be up up in Cairns doing a fit out up there for about four or five weeks. So that was going to be my last game. And, yeah, buddy, snapped ACL, yeah. buddy. Oh, it was ropeable. And just – and, you know, I put in a half-assed effort chasing a bloke too and it just went – because I'm going, oh, 10 minutes to go. I'm not going to injure myself now. You're joking. <laughs> take the, take the a, load off. What a muppet. <laughs> yeah, that's unreal. That, that's the worst, mate. What a so, flog. So um, growing up in Brisbane, middle middle sort of, you know, arsehole child by the sounds of it. No, uh, I, was, I was a buddy – I was a bit of a bit of a goody two shoes. Like Mum ruled the roost. Like you didn't want to get on the bad side of her, as as most uh, most boys know. Yeah, if yeah, yeah you yeah. piss Mum off. Relate. Like yeah, like she's the cooks all the food in the house. Like you don't want to get half portions, especially as a grown lad. Mate, they definitely run the show. But, that's for oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, go through high school. What did you do? You trade straight out of school? Or? No. I, because uh, I was a I was a keen cricketer growing up, and Jeez, I you'd was bowl with some heat too, oh, wouldn't you? Please. Opening, man, opening don't bowler. tell me about spin. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> most uh, most opening batsmen that would face me would just go, "This is the gentlest thing ever." But I thought I bowled quick, so who knows? Come in with um, a bit of steam, like one oh, of mum's good sometimes. custard tarts. Oh, eh? oh yeah. mate, oh, <laughs> mate. But no, it was um, it was good. So me and my brother were always going to play for Australia. There was no questions asked about it. Always going to play for Australia. So the thought of something else was like was just yeah diabolical. No way we'd want to play for Australia. Stuff you, what we're doing. Mum. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but then yeah, it become like cricket become more of a chore. Like afterwards, like you're going, you know, it's when you first start going out. And I was working. I actually started uh, as a as a chippy started a chippy apprenticeship, and it was. Five days a week out in the sun building new frames over bloody um, Warnerway. And then, yeah, Saturday, Sunday was all cricket. And you just can't fuck it. This is rubbish. Yeah. Standing in the sun seven days a week. Seven days a week. Couldn't escape it. So hated it. So that's, yeah, yeah. basically, yeah, one day had a um, – got told I need to take cricket a bit more seriously. And you just can't, well, I actually play for fun. We're not yeah. getting paid yet. Yeah. So, yeah, that had a big uh, yeah disagreement with a former – Club captain at my former club, and yeah, see you later. Thanks for coming. Yeah, so right. that was it. And still then played AFL, club. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, still former club, and then yeah, decided to play AFL and snap both ACLs in Oof. both knees. So yeah, really good adventure. Yeah, <laughs> right. Bloody hell! Yeah, right. So you're doing your carpentry apprenticeship. Did you finish your carpentry apprenticeship? No, no, I did a did about six months of that, and yeah, bloody chucked her in. See you later. It was yeah, come. rubbish. Oh, I just hated it. You're outside all the time. Like I love building things. But it was just, it like there were new stick homes, so a lot of the times the the pack had come of prefab frames. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was like A goes on A, B goes on B. So you're just basically shooting them together and banging them into the ground. Like yeah. that's not buddy building. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we were, I suppose we were lucky we didn't have to do that. 
Well, we didn't do sort of prefab yeah, stuff. We, we kind of did yeah, and stuff, so. yeah, lots of Renos and lots of stick frames, but plenty of time out in the sun and plenty of plenty of green termite, you know, treated yeah. sawdust mm. in the lungs, sucking yeah, them up yeah, as you're yeah, dropping so. in. Good to see that the tans got you. Yeah, well, mate. Truly, well, yeah. I'm just, I'm just not. <laughs> I've just never been built for mate, it. You mate. should have seen him back in the day. He used to come blisters. Yeah, you know, put sleeves all the way down. As much bloody um, sunscreen, sunscreen as he could like get on his body and the big wide rim. Yeah, oh, mate, mate, you know, so you have to, you have to. But uh, no, I, I used to have a, a t- well, it wasn't a tan. I was just, I'm, I'm pink. I'm more of a pink person, you yeah. know, so I was very red from that pink sleeve complexion. down and the, <laughs> and the old little chest there. Oh, but no, Dennis Lilly, very good. Don't worry, I'm enjoying my, my time in uh, indoors. So, yeah, yeah. you're built for the indoors, yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. And funnily enough, we're also building garments that protect people out, uh, out in the sun. SPF so, you know, 50, ladies and gentlemen. I think yeah. I've... I've landed right where I'm supposed to be. 100 percent cotton too, aren't I? 100 percent, yeah, for sure, mate. Nice. Australian cotton. Oh, nah. Well, we're not up to that vertical integration yet. We're working on it. Ooh, I got mate, I got mates out at Moree that want it. I've just got to get it over there. It's, um, but we, yeah. we've got to get it from Australia to get it to China to get, get it, it back, back to Australia again. Oh, Jesus, that's a logistical nightmare, yeah. isn't it, mate? It is. It, it is. Uh, don't we know about it? So, uh, so through chipping in, and then, yep, and then I remember the last house I did was a. Uh, was a plasterer's house in Marumba Downs, and it was this massive big mansion. And I've gone, oh, buddy. And that sort of lingered with me. I was like, oh, there must be some sort of money in it. And then uh, started me plastering apprenticeship. And then, yeah, little, I've got a lawsuit because there's no money in it. It's rubbish. So, uh, no. Well, you wouldn't need to buy any stilts. No, no, we could reach it off the ground. So it's a big thing as well. Like everyone, everyone who approaches me now, like the first thing is, oh, geez, Jess was such and touch. And you just go, oh, yeah, Kelby, you're entitled to your opinion, whatever. And, uh, and then they go, oh, geez, you're buddy, you're a lot taller than what you yeah. think of in the screen. I was like, said to you when you walked in the sub, I was like, yeah. oh, shit, you're tall. Yeah, yeah, six foot five. At least so. you, wouldn't, you wouldn't need uh, stilts when you're setting a ceiling, yeah, would you? Absolutely you just walk no. around, you're good yep. to go, aren't you? Just walk around, all the other midgets have got their stilts Step on. Step ladders but, and bloody, yeah. Yeah, but it's funny, like my um, my old man would only be about oh, 5'9", 5'10", with his platforms on. <laughs> And um, yeah, you know, the old, milkman. Yeah, well, that's it. We're still <laughs> yeah. If you're a milkman in 1986 around Strathpine area, we need to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. Ring up. That's the shout. <laughs> Above seven foot only. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's um, but yeah, you know, I just tell people that whenever I was naughty, we just got chucked out in the cow shit for a bit. So <laughs> people believe it too. It's really strange what people believe. So, so let's um. So you started um. You did your past pastoring apprenticeship, and yep. then um. You wound up on a show called Married at First Sight. So how did that <laughs> come what, about? What, what possessed you? You know, like what I always think, like it's interesting to know, you know, when Why? people apply for these shows. Yeah. yeah well, you missed out on the chat before. We've chatted about this. Yeah. I asked the same question. Why did you apply for this show? I, um, yeah, I got approached for it. I was actually working in uh, in the centre of town here in Brisbane. You mean you were headhunted? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, funnily <laughs> enough, yeah, with this head. <laughs> with this bloody head. Uh, it's shocking, isn't it? But, um, yeah, really like relate. – these Sue Sheilers come up and they were um, they've just gone oh you know buddy what are you doing here blah 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 and um, would you consider doing Married at First Sight and my first thought was why would someone do that that is the dumbest thing ever and sure enough who did it this plug here buddy so um, talk us through that process that the, application that whole lead up to it How's oh that go? it was because um, like during it it was I tried my hardest like. Everyone, like the couple of boys I work with, I was I was showing them and telling them how hard I tried not to get on the show <laughs> by basically refusing to do things and um, not not doing that, not doing that. That's dumb. That's stupid. I'm not doing that. And they'd actually go, 
what you you basically told them no and you still got through and I and that's when you sort of analyze it now once the show's done and dusted and straight away they've just gone they just wanted the character as soon as and it was funny as soon as these two Sheilas like that the first night that I was approached to do it as soon as me mate chirped up and said he's from the country and he loves country music you could see almost a switch go off and it's like this is the character we need so they already they already would have known we we need a city bloke to go with like city like a country fella to go with Jess, the the city, city slicker, chick. you know yeah. the Instagram beauty, but he's the slicker. opposites to attract. Hundred percent for drama. And you're sticking to drama. That's the and key it word. Just so happened that I was the poor sod that night that got picked up. <laughs> so and, and you were sticking with the approach of treat them mean, keep them keen. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And, they've, and they're bloody, you know. Well, not even treat them mean, keep them keen. Treat them mean, bugger off. And they, <laughs> <laughs> and they just bloody hung around like a bad smell. The buggers. So well, it, was, it was meant to happen. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, apparently, but and then. Um, even to the point, like I was just saying before, buddy, we had the we had a thing called the white t shirt challenge come in, and um, basically it's uh, men and women give off certain pheromones to attract the opposite sex. Blah yeah, blah. You blah. know they sell those in servos. Yeah, they in do in the toilets, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> um, but <laughs> they, uh, yeah. So the idea was they they send you out a white shirt and you wear it to bed. And in the morning you put it in a Ziploc bag and then the next mor- the next night you whack it on again go to bed and then five nights, buddy, put it in an envelope, see you later, and send it down to Sydney so they can have their scientific sniff testing, buddy, tests and that sort of thing. So throughout the whole course of the, the thing, because I was such a, um, you know, willing participant in all the, all the stuff we were doing, I was like, bugger it, what can I do to stuff with them here? So I actually wore it to drench me sheep. And a couple of the, a couple of me baby lambs, I give them the, the five in one injection. So basically, around the around the stomach region from holding the lambs is, and it was raining and a bit muddy up there, so just was mud, filth around the white shirt. And I've gone, sweet, what can I do next to stuff with it even more? So I had to hook up my my gutters to the uh, the water tank. And it just so happened that heaps of silicon accidentally got on the shirt as well. So then had to fold it all up and chuck it in a Ziploc bag. And when I had to go meet the experts, I gave it to this to this lady and gone, oh, there's my white T-shirt. And she's ripped it out, had a look at it and just gone, oh, are you fair dink? And I've gone, yeah, yeah, look, I, yeah, look, it got a bit dirty. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, know if it's, I don't know if we've got the expertise to do it, but Mick's got the photo of it. We'll try and put it up on yeah. the video to show people what it looks yeah. like. It's pretty unbelievable. Oh, oh, yeah. That's good. I Covered like in Sikaflex and silicon. It's pretty yeah. awesome. And, yeah, sheep. Dung. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah. Unreal. You were just really trying to mess with them, weren't you? Oh, as much as you could. 100%. Like, even, even the, boys, the boys I work with just go, how are you still getting through? And that, that's when it becomes apparent that – and like I said, looking back now, that they just wanted, they, they just they, wanted yeah. the character, and they just they, they just wanted no the rating. What. So yeah. yeah, no, no matter what I did, like I could have gone in there and me buddy birthday suit, and they would have gone, "Yep, hi, you're, you're on. on. See you later. Thanks for coming." Awesome. So that so, so that process. So you were trying to get out of it. Well, I wasn't my. I wasn't trying my hardest to get on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. if they you weren't, it, yeah, yeah, playing it, to their hand. But then they sort of sold. They sold the whole experience like it was going to be. It was going to be a really fun thing. Um, we're gonna we're gonna fair dinkum, you know, have a crack at finding love for you. It's gonna be amazing. We're gonna do heaps of outdoor stuff, this, that, and the other. And um, they basically did the complete opposite. Like we did bugger all outdoor activities, like outdoor dates with um, old mate and I. 
And even like even old mate, they go like you. I try not to harp on too much about the the physical side of it, um, but like for instance, I ask for tall, athletic, brunette, country girl does doesn't mind getting her hands dirty, um, just doesn't wear much makeup. Sounds like you were asking beauty, for a ten. This, that, and the other. <laughs> but oh, look, you know, if they if they're going to ask for your preferences, you just go and yeah, here you go. Yeah, like yeah, if you're yeah. going to university after school, you're going to go. Oh yeah, I want to do X, Y, and Z. When realistically, you're bloody down here, and um, yeah, like, and they basically stitch me up with the complete opposite to what I to what I. So when you asked yeah. for, so when you got show, to the so point, they were they were like, right, you're on, and you were like, like shit, I, I could actually meet someone here. Was that mm, your genuine yes. feeling? That was when, yeah, when they said you're on, I'm like, all right, let's let's have a let's give it a crack, proper crack at yeah, it. Right. You know, what do you got to? What do you got to lose? And and the way it was getting sold, it was like, yeah, like I said, it was going to be a fair income search, and um, something could happen here. Yeah, yeah, yeah something could happen. And so they built you up, I suppose. You got to a point where you're pretty built up mm. for that moment. Yeah, absolutely. So, so then run us through. Um, you know, you got to tell your parents you're on a show. <laughs> you're marrying a random person. I know my parents are ultra conservative. I went home. <laughs> I'm now married, thankfully. But if I was, yeah, yeah, went home and told them that, my old man would just be like. I probably wouldn't be able to understand it. Yeah, they. Begin with. Yeah, at first they were like I remember going home, um, going home the the day after I got approached with the with the bloody the pamphlet thing oh, with the lady's number, and I said, oh, I got hit up to be unmarried at first sight. And I remember there, um, my brother's got five kids, and my sister's got two, and there was me, my mum, and then all the kids around the table, and they're going. Mix getting married. <laughs> I was just copping it from all these kids, and I'm going, "You don't want my daughter." And but not getting married. You're getting married. And um, but no, it was it was really funny. And then my old girls just into me, going, "Ah, suck it in, suck it in, rah rah." And then I said, "You do realise if uh, if by some miracle I actually get on this this um, bloody experiment that you've got to be on camera?" And she shit herself because that's her greatest fear. So. That was the motivating factor was to, yeah, rub it back in, in mum's face. face that yeah, she was right. going to be on Sounds camera. like you wanted it for all the right reasons anyway. <laughs> but, no, nah, but... Um, awesome. But, yeah, so it was, yeah, look, you know... Put your life on hold. Like, yeah. Put your life on hold, right? Basically, so, yeah. yeah. And and that was probably, looking, looking back now, that was probably the most annoying aspect of the actual show, that it was like, once again, you were just there... Basically, as a ratings bonanza for them, and not any, not at any stage did they actually fair income try to pair you with someone who was who was going to be your match. Mm. But you've got to put your life on hold, and every every subby, every worker out there knows you've still got to come up with your, you know, your your car, your car, your car insurance, your house, your mortgage, your, mortgage, yeah. your rent, your bloody house insurance, your bloody the rest of your income protection, stop, this, it? that, and the other. Yeah. And so for three months and, like, during the filming of the show is basically the busiest time of the year um, work-wise leading up to Christmas, September, yeah. October, November. All the finishing, yeah. Um, all the finishing, get it done before Chrissy, the busiest time of the year, phone calls going left, right and centre, and you're going, nah, mate, I'm on a show looking for love, looking for love basically. And yeah, your This is good, yeah, absolutely. And, um, and yeah, you, you get stitched up and, and that was probably the worst thing about it is that you were just there – and you're a prawn, and even even during the like the filming of it, um, we would be referred to as warm props. So we were not even classified Talent. as people or you're talent me. or whatever so like Mick, that. Were... We we were warm props. Yeah, an object. So that's and I, and I heard that I heard that thing one day, and I'm like, what the hell? 
we're we're people first, and then we're on a we're on a bloody reality television show second. And that was the biggest thing that that annoyed me is that you know respect is a two way street, and they kept on going, oh, why don't you respect us? And I said, because nothing is coming back this way. You're treating us like absolute crap, like absolute crap, and and there's nothing coming back. Um, coming back our way, so that's that's another thing that pissed me off. And I was one of the I was um, one of one of a few people that had actually voiced our opinion. And we got we got punished, not in a oh you know naughty you're in the naughty corner. It was like oh we want to go and do this. No, no, you're you're filming. You're, you're inside under, under full time sort of supervision and yeah. under full time care, aren't you? Basically, sort of yeah. So, so yeah, it was a, it was a tight lead and. So it was pretty disheartening that way because, like, you know, as a as a, someone who works for themselves and as a single bloke, you know, I don't have to answer to anyone unless it's buddy mum and dad and luckily they live two hours away so they don't really know what goes on too much. So, um, And then, yeah, you're sort of back to school days. Yeah. And it's, a bit demeaning, I suppose. Yeah, it, yeah. It, was, it was a really sort of a weird experience and a lot of people now – um, are going, oh, I'm applying for the new episode, new season, blah, 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 blah. And you're just going either one or two ways. They they can't run a ship like they did last, like the season just gone. They, there's no possible way that they can do it. But So they might actually revert to it being actually fair income again. However, yeah. like there's still the... There's still the lingering aspects of they might they'll still treat you how it is to get the ratings well, that's and blah, the blah, 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 blah. Like I, I, like I said to you before, before we came in here, I said, well... My wife and my housemate, we were watching it probably for the first, I don't know, maybe month. Mm. We just got to the point where I was like, I can't watch this anymore. This is yeah. just outrageous. Like, it was just that ridiculous. I was mm. like, I just can't keep watching. Like, we just, yeah, weren't watching it anymore. So, And then I think the reason that it got even worse, and I couldn't believe, because I listened to Kate, Tim and Marty religiously on the way home every day, and they kept talking about how the ratings are just going up and up and up as the show went on, and I was like... Well, holy shit! It actually this is work. This is working. They're just going to keep drumming this up, and yeah, like you said, they'll just do it even yeah, more at, next year at the expense of real people yeah. who are on the show. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and that was probably the, yeah the worst thing about it. So, I mean, it is what it is now. It's water under the bridge, but just trying to buddy yeah make people not do it and just buddy do speed dating go go to the pub and buddy you know do strike it, up do a it, conversation do it wear, a, wear a green sticker you know I'm ready to go let's buddy jump in the <laughs> car and go home traffic light like parties yeah traffic light <laughs> <like> parties <laughs> so so tell me you've gone in there with the you know with the with the you know I guess the thought that you might actually find love here mm. but, you know this might be what it's all what it is all cracked up to be how about Everyone else on the show. What was your perception? Do you think other people there are actually they're going to find love, or do you think it's you know they're, they're making the most of their you know fifteen minutes of fame and, and and got you know ulterior motives? What's the what's the play there? I'd say uh, I'd say a few of them were there for ulterior motives, and uh, I'm you know not going to bloody name names on the on the show or anything like that. I think a lot of people can see. Um, based on how people behaved and their basically their Instagram since to um, to find out who was their fair income and who was their who was their not, um, but like there there were a few that were that were genuine and they were the they were the ones who were genuinely hurt um, by by the experience. And then you look at Cam and Jules who were you know a shining light and they've come out buddy at the end in love and all that sort of jazz. And awesome. I kept on telling Jules, you know. F you, I hate you. And she goes, well, well, what? And I go, well, that's what I wanted. Yeah. This is what I wanted and stuff you yeah, because yeah, yeah. you got it. <laughs> so well, it's pure the jealous side of me yeah, got out. Right. So, yeah, buggers. So then I guess talk us through the match-up process because I think 
you know, obviously people know what we're about, trademark, you know, we're having conversations about mental health and, you know, the reality is, is that relationships and love and heartache are... Mm. You know that ultimately it fucks with people's emotions. You know what I mean? It does. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so talk us through, talk us through how how that all developed for you. Oh, during like I mean, everyone who who watched the show could see how 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 I was in in the end of it. You know, just in even with how I dressed. Like I went to one dinner party with a buddy, long sleeve shirt on, short pants and thongs. You know, I was just shattered. I was like, I'm that, that far over. Oh, mate, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. When blokes are rocking up in suits and bloody dressed to the nines, like I was a fish out of water there. And, I, and that was just a level of how genuinely shattered I was with the whole experience. And I know, um, you know, everyone out there needs a needs a close support network and that sort of thing. So I, I actually, buddy, during the course of the show, broke down on the, on the phone a couple of times to, um, to friends of mine. Um, and one of them I was talking to when probably about, three weeks into it onwards, every time I talked to him, he just goes, you sound shattered, like you mm. sound like a broken man. And, um, you know, without, like, without the whole, if we weren't allowed phones, like, heaven knows what would have happened. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, we were quite a number of floors up on it at certain stages, buddy. You know, the pavement looked appealing, to be Shit, perfectly that's, honest. That's heavy, and, um, and, yeah, without, uh, you know, without actually talking um, you know, to mates on the on the show, but like off off the show. Sorry, um, you know, it was it, it was um, yeah, it, it, like you sort of need that in your in your life in general, just like people to bounce stuff off Those and people networks. to talk to. So, yeah. um, you know, as much and and the one thing that really the really pissed me off, especially was like um, Bro- Broxy's probably my best or my best mate, and like I was talking to him every couple of days and. Basically, I you know I had no idea what was going on in his life because I was like you know what you're gonna shut up and listen because this is this is gonna happen. And I know well, I got the one stage where I call him up and go, oh so what's going on with you? Sorry mate, you know, and just to, just to listen to him because you've got you've got such a such a big thing going on in your life. But once again, sorry, sidetracked. But yeah, you um, pissed off like during the the like the speech especially like he got thrown under the bus yeah i remember that that badly yeah. like i i watched that was episode it that no it was it was that Pulled, was a plug absolute together, yeah. Together. Yeah. yeah and i watched that episode with my mum and dad cuz i was working in brizzy at the time and buddy they've just gone they were spewing like my old girl has never said a bad word about anyone and they were absolutely livid absolutely livid with the editing on it they were like that's not how it happened that's not how it happened. Like, it was one of the funniest things. Like, the actual truth to the story is somewhere close to the ground, but Broxy, you know, you never let the truth get in the way of a good, good yarn. Story. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's like the fishing story. Every time it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. bigger. yeah. And, um, like, yeah, so he's gone above me on. It was bloody hilarious. Like, I, I remember just afterwards, like, he got back to the table and they cut and edited it to make it look like I was pissed, but I've gone, oh, you idiot. Mm. And then we've just gone, mm. like, pissing ourselves laughing. laughing and me, my, my my old man was, buddy, you know, turned into a woo girl because he's just got this <laughs> smile on his face and he's wetting himself and, yeah, they were living and he got thrown under the bus something chronic. And, you know, this is – and they, they don't understand it. Like, people's lives, like, they've, they've got to go to work. The day after an episode, and if and if something gets taken completely and utterly out of context, yeah, um, like you know, the the people editing aren't the one living with the consequences. It's buddy, the people. It's my out. yeah, it's my mate who's buddy, you know, filling up, uh, filling up his car full of petrol, and he's getting abused. He's going into Woolworths, and he's getting abused, and he's like, he's buddy, you know, 
0.1% of the whole overall story and he's getting abused and it's like he didn't sign up for this. Yeah, I, I like, think I think people forget, like we were saying again before, it's just like uh, people on TV and, and people that are, you know, social media famous, stuff like that. Ordinary people, for some reason, just seem that, like it's okay to abuse yeah. and throw hate mm. and forget that they are just normal people as well. You mm. know what I mean? Like yeah. everyone's the same. Everyone's got the same range of emotions. Everyone, you know, feels the same shit. Like, you know, I, I know they wouldn't appreciate being abused. Like, why do you feel it's it's a, it's a weird one? Yes, you know? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know why that happens. Mm. Like, yeah. it's a jealous thing. So, suddenly, yeah, you're on a pedestal. You're someone and like stuff you. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I think to a, yeah, to a degree, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's sure. a weird. It's a weird one. It is, it is a weird situation. So I just want to um, touch back on you know we want to talk about you know um, mental health and how the you know you struggled through the show. Mm. So, like, as I said, like, I recently got married and, like, that day... Um, You're still struggling? Well, yeah, still struggling. <laughs> I'm struggling this week. She's overseas. Um, hey, so, <laughs> oh, mate, that's no not going to pass. My life goes to did, pieces without Did I her. just hear leave pass? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, got, I haven't eaten for a week. Five days, I'm starving. Do you but, what? Um, she didn't have pre-packing... No, anyway. No, we, we can't go into that. <laughs> so, um, I know on my wedding day, um, about, I don't know, it was about two hours before... You know, Dan was one of my best men, my two other best men, and my mum was sitting there, and I was just like numb with, you know, nervous. Like I was just that there numb. There you go. Yeah, I, right. I was. I was like, holy shit! Like this is about to happen. You mm. know, I know you obviously didn't know who she was, but yeah. were you like anxious about what you were about oh, to go through? Or I'm see, I, I'm I'm a bit different. I'm one of these people that like, um, I you know, you talk about the wedding day, and it was like, oh, you know, you wake up in the morning going, oh. Getting wedding, getting married, cool. <laughs> and it's like, um, and it like these sort of things don't occur to me till it's about to happen. Mm. Like I remember, like we went to the um the Gold Coast and bloody had the weekend away there on the show, and um old mate and I, Martha and uh, Michael, went on the buddy double date. We went on the roller coaster, and I hadn't, I I can't remember if I've ever been on a roller coaster before. Like. And they're all going, oh, yeah, yeah, like, and the producers are going, oh, we want you to talk up how it's going to be. And I'm going, oh, she'll be right, you know, bloody jump on the roller coaster, strap yourself in, bloody, she'll be right. But it wasn't until you got to the top and on the way down, oh, shitting myself, absolutely. And I was the first one off, wanted to get far away from that thing as possible. So, um, like, to, yeah, like, it, like, oh, you know, you get married. And I remember walking down the aisle and you just going, oh, shit, this is actually happening because it was like it would have been two and a half months of build-up to this particular moment. And I remember sitting there and you'd turn around and there's everyone and there's half of it. And that's when it's like, oh, shit, mm, yeah. <laughs> this is actually Pretty happening. Daunting. And you're like, wow, I know half of these people. And I've got no idea these? you are. Yeah. And you're, you know, chatting away and you're just going, oh, my, what have I done? And there's 30 cameras on you. What? Yeah, and that's <laughs> it. And you're just going, what's yeah, – oh, is she coming? And then, and then they made you turn around, and you and you're waiting for her, and they make you wait for what seems like an eternity, eternity and you yeah. just go, oh, "She's down the runner." Yeah. So the whole time, and oh, that's what yeah. they want. They, they want to see you, yeah. to see you shitting your, you know, shitting your pants and that yeah. sort of thing. And yeah, um, yeah, buddy, oh, unreal. What an experience. Yeah, cool. Bloody hell. Oh. Bloody hell. That's yeah. So what is that you done? Is it on marriages? Fool me once, <laughs> fool me, yeah, fool me, yes, <laughs> fool me twice, yeah, never again, no. Um, I'm, you know, never say never, nah. but um, you know, pretty unique experience, eh? yes, yeah, very yes. unique experience. Very, uh, I think it takes a lot. I think it, you know, 
takes a lot of balls to jump into the unknown like that as well. I think people forget the fact that, um, you know, you're taking a massive, you know, risk. You're putting yourself out there in very a big vulnerable. way. Yes, very vulnerable. And you are. You're yeah. making yourself vulnerable. And mm. I think that is what so many people are scared of, mm. you know, vulnerability and putting themselves out there because it's always, oh, what about, what if I fail? What if it, you know, what if I look like an idiot? What if this What's happens? Jono going to think? You know, yes. what is everyone going to think? <laughs> it is. It and is. I think people do get stuck in this, yeah. you know, What's everyone going to think? Well, who gives a shit what mm. anyone thinks of you? And I think that's yeah, like credit to you for putting yourself out there and having a crack. I think but a lot, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of my mates know that I genuinely don't care what people think. <laughs> yeah. Like as you can see on the wedding day, like I had bloody long bushy hair, not combed. Don't care. Yeah. I don't have to look Is as this who I am. Oh, yes, you combed yeah. your hair and before you came into this studio. <laughs> <laughs> what was all that about? Did you say, <laughs> oh, you saw the secret comb, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Stuck in between my middle finger here. No. <laughs> but um but yeah, I you know, I don't really care. Like it, this and this is the thing, especially with social media now. You you go back to the whole social media and everyone criticizing social media. And social media has given idiots a platform to voice their opinion. Beforehand, you know, it was just it was basically politicians and knowledgeable people that you are and you've mates that you ask for your opinion. Now, that's a good point. Bloody every every Tom Dick and Harry's got a got an opinion on everything, and and it's turned. Um, and then you you have a look at the so called social social media influencers now. Like apparently, like you, I'm branded <laughs> as a social media influencer, and I don't like I don't still I still find it weird that people want to get photos with me. Like it's like why I haven't cured cancer I haven't done I haven't done anything I just went on the dumbest television show in Australia mm. and thought and genuinely thought I could find love when it was buddy anything but, but yeah, yeah. Um, so like you have a, you have a look at it like that and like people you should be getting photos with your bloody you know your emergency services people that come into your Woolworths and that to get to get groceries mm. and stuff you should be going you photo here now not buddy not me mm. what have I achieved. Mm. Well, you know, I think, mm. mate, I think, you know, you probably forget the fact that, uh, you know, people have enjoyed, people, like, you're a lovable larrikin. People fell in love with you on the show, you know. People fell in love with your personality. Mm. And uh, when people see you out in public, you bring them a bit of a happiness, you know what I mean? Take a photo with them, you make them happy. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a good thing, you know. Yeah, you got, you oh, good, never knock back, back a never knock back 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 photo yeah. with people. Yeah, yeah. 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 Bloody yeah. Eye. yeah. Oh, but cool. um, another thing I want to touch on, so going into the show um, – you know, like you said, they built it up to be something that it wasn't. And then, um, you know, you said you, you struggled through those times and then you, you've come out the other side and, and there's a post-production point where you've just been through something that's massive and, like you were saying before, you can't actually tell anyone about it. So yeah. how, how did you manage or, or yeah, it, manage that? It was really weird because, yeah, it would have been um, early, early December that the filming finished for me and it's basically like, all right, you're off the show. Yeah. And it was a two two and a half month process or two month yeah, filming, yeah, roughly two and a half, two and a half, three months. That's a roughly, long, yeah, it's a long time. That's a long time, and it it basically can change your life. And like, um, we were, oh, excuse me, um, we were sort of catching up. You weren't supposed to, but we were sort of catching up once again for your own sanity. You were catching up with people who were like, oh, meet us at the spot, which is, you know, underneath the Harbour Bridge um, in bloody 15 minutes or half an hour so you could go out at different times so they wouldn't know. So without um, – I know Mike and Mark especially on the show, we'd have we'd have catch-ups and you'd just be like – and yeah. blurt it all out because yeah. you had to because mm-hmm. you couldn't talk to old mate about it because, buddy, you know, she makes as much sense as a Chinese menu. And um, – <laughs> 
<laughs> so you, yeah, it was. Um, so you sort of had to, um, you know, the sneak off camera illegally when you weren't supposed to, and basically blurt it all out. And then you'd basically go, "Thank you so much," and you know, hug a bloke that you've only known a couple of weeks, and go, "That was that was awesome." Cheers. Let's do it again tomorrow. So without without that little break, like sanity was out the window. It was it was just completely utter rubbish. So you sort of, um, I know fr- from that point of view, sneaking around off camera, we sort of had to do it for your own mental health. Um, Shit, yeah. And I, I know a few people like sort of found out later on that we were sort of sneaking out, and catching up, and that sort of thing. And they're like, "That's that's great. That's awesome." Like, yeah, buddy, I, I think that I wish I would have done. It. Right? Oh no, they. No. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they knew, and they were like, uh, but. Like we thought we were pretty sneaky, so that's all that matters at the end of the so day. So you had your, you know, you had your people to vent to, and you had mm. your mates to vent to. Did you see other people struggling on the show? You know, did you see other people struggling with the way it was all going down and sort of, you know, coming unstuck a bit? Or oh, yes and no. I reckon a lot of people put on a brave face, come to dinner parties and stuff, because that was that was the time you got to you got to see everyone. Um, but I know a lot of people have a lot of people have struggled since with the adjustment, and they've had they've had no help um, at all. And it was only it's funny like during the show we had the we had access to a therapist, and it wasn't one of the girls actually went to went to her and had a had a chinwag one day. And buddy, I said to her, "What's um, what's it like?" Because I'd never been to a therapist, you know, been um, you know brought. I wouldn't say brought up, but in the in the environment, it's like you know going and seeking seeking therapy for mental health is sort of frowned upon, which is um, you know which is just a product of your environment. So to go to someone, you just going. I asked her, and she goes, "Oh, it's like she's just digging for stuff that she's going to tell the producer." Oh, you're kidding! And that's what she said, and I've gone, "Oh, buddy, oh I'm not God. talking to her her now." Um, but. Um, like credit to the the therapist lady. Like I actually spoke to her since the show. Um, I spoke to her once, and it was a really really good thing. You got to talk about it, and she actually, funnily enough, she actually talked the show down and said she's actually quite embarrassed with how um, how things happen and how her name is now associated. Is it with one of the panel three panel? No, 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 completely no, an independent, independent thing. she's got her own um, thing. Oh, but she was saying, yeah. Uh, and once you you know you talk about branding and now her um, her basically image. brand yeah, your yeah. image is broadcasted with oh you were the you were the therapist on Married at First Sight so she's actually like disenchanted with the whole mm. franchise because it's bought um, because yeah she said no one's got anything positive to say about the show afterwards I think it's it's interesting um, because like you're on a show and you're getting marriage counselling. On a show, mm. but then at the same time, independently, you're struggling with yourself, not just your relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a really weird mix because, like, yeah, I've said numerous times before, um, my wife and I got married. We went to marriage counselling oh, and pre-mar- like pre-marriage counselling. Yeah, no. <laughs> but it was like, and it wasn't that we were having trouble. Yeah, it was that we wanted to learn more about each other, and you can't really do it unless someone can pick out. What a, a you know what sparks a fight or something like yeah. that you know yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I learned heaps though we went twelve sessions or something and I remember telling Dan he's like what do you mean what are you doing that for it was fantastic all that yeah, means now is he knows what he's going to push her buttons so yeah, yeah I know exactly how to get under her skin yeah. so yeah to, to get her to leave the room so you yeah, can be there yeah. watching the footy and go oh, Ex- yeah. exactly <laughs> when's dinner going to be yeah. ready <laughs> but the thing is it's um it's sort of it like do you think it's having a negative impact on what people perceive therapy or couples therapy to be 
when people watch that show that it's like, oh, I, it doesn't look like they're getting anything out of that and they're just yeah. like, oh, 100%. Do you think it's a negative? 100%. I, I look at it now and go, if you're like, let's say, you know, 12 months time, you're having, you're having bloody bit of Barney's with your missus and you're going, oh, there's the three experts that were formerly on Married at First Sight or Joe Blow down the road. You're going to go to Joe Blow down the road, aren't you? Because you're yeah. not going to go to these three mm. so-called experts because they they didn't do anything on the show and like and what an, and one of the things that annoyed me I got I got the, I got buddy buddy hauled through the coals for calling old mates family and I used the c word which I shouldn't have done buddy but you know whatever heat of the battle whatever mm-hmm. and um but yet I so I got dragged through the coals for for saying that. But yet not at any stage did the experts say, oh, yeah, by the way, Mick, she's cheating on you with Dan and mm. she also hit up buddy that other bloke as well. Oh, yeah, what was his name? Um, Nick. Nick. Yeah, Nick. the two-thirds. I called him two-thirds because he's got the bloody haircut. Anyway, um, buddy, buddy, yeah. sharp haircut, that one, wasn't it? I wouldn't call it sharp. I'd call <laughs> it a bit... Pfft. Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, how's your father? Yeah, it's a lot. Here's your father. Just him as a... Character, but anyway, I don't like the bloke. Wouldn't trust him with me dog, let alone anything else. But uh, so when you're in a situation there, and there's a, a therapist, do you know was she a counselor or a psychologist? Do you know, she's a psychologist. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm. cool. So when you're in a situation there, and you're provided with a resource who you know should be there to bounce stuff off and you know talk openly with, but you don't trust their yeah. motives, yes, or like you know the reasons why they're there, and mm. you know, are the producers just looking for you know more, yeah. Or info, ammo, so, yeah, so so it's another, it's yeah, it's another avenue that they, you know, they buddy put their hand up and say, oh, you've got access to this, but it just, was, it, yeah, it was like they were they were digging for stuff, and that's what the that's what the you know the the girl said, and um, yeah, I was like, oh, nobody talking to her. I trust, you know, the other the other blokes on the show more than yeah. um, you know more than this bloody random chick that I, calls herself therapist. I think that's an interesting point, mate, because I think. You know, when it comes to help-seeking behaviour and, you know, blokes, you know, putting their hand up and, and, and wanting to go to talk to a professional, who do they go and talk to? You know, how do you just go and talk to a random that you don't know, you know? Yes. Do, can yeah. you trust them? You know, like what – all of that sort of stuff mm. I think a lot of people struggle with. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's not really, a, I guess, a great setting for, you know, for, for you guys to be set up to be oh. looked after with, a, you know, absolutely you may not trust. I absolutely. Guess, and so. you look at you look at blokes in general have – um, I, don't, I don't know what it is, buddy, genetics or whatnot, but blokes in, blokes in general have trouble opening up and saying, I have a problem, buddy, X, Y, Z. Um, so, you know, it needs to be it needs to be a pretty open forum with your mates, especially, I know, like a couple of times where you, you've, you've been sitting down with mates and it's it's become that they, even though you've been long-time friends, they've got to be 100% comfortable in the environment and then go, you know, this is this is what's happening. So... Um. Yeah, there's definitely needs to be more of it. That's for yeah. sure. Well, you said um before you actually sought out that counsellor after the show, the psychologist after the show. Mm. So you had a session with her. Yeah, like, yeah, her. and that was positive. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, you just um I put the yeah the rubbish about what the lady what the that girl said aside and had a had a whack chin wag to her and um because yeah it was about a week after the show I was really really angry coming to terms with the fact that and that was when it all pretty well then you know hit the nail on the head final nail in the coffin that I was off the show and 
that it was just a hundred percent just a ratings mm. a ratings gig because You've been then taken for a ride. Yeah, it didn't take it for a ride. You know, the last four weeks on the show that you were by yourself in a small, tiny little unit, weren't allowed to do anything, weren't allowed to catch up with anyone, blah, blah, blah. Um and you're yeah, and I found myself through the cycle of like, you know, you weren't filming today, so I was like, Oh, I'll just go to the pub for lunch. And then you know, lunch turned into a long lunch, and then the next day it was, buddy, I oh, doing a bit of filming in the morning. They'd be like, "Oh, you have a big night last night." And you're going, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And it's the and it's the spiral of of drinking just because, like, to deal with so that was a coping problem. So yeah, yeah, and it's a coping mechanism for for many a bloke out there that that you know I know. I mean, everyone everyone out there knows that someone that um, that drinks too much and to deal with to deal with problems that they have and to, to overcome certain Easier problems. Easier just to so avoid it all absolutely. Together, isn't it? Just, yeah, yeah. Just, just drink it away. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And, um, and I know like I, when I was living in Darwin, it become a point where we, we were drinking 24, basically all the time you'd work just to sober up and then buddy go back on it again. And it, I, I left because it come to a point where it was just overtaking and, um, and you know, I, I saw, I saw the writing on the on the wall with with my own um, with my own consumption of of alcohol to deal with problems and this sort you like you you deal with it you deal with it and then you know this the the environment that they had sort of brought you back to you know the problems that you had in the past and it's, it's your surroundings who you who yeah. you're around yeah, yeah oh absolutely yeah. and and it got yeah and it was sort of disappointing that your your mates just on a phone call can pick up that you're completely and utterly shattered knack, this right. that and the other yeah. and yet these trained professionals um sort of can't pick it up and and as a bloke like if you you know like oh she'll be right you know she'll be right mate is is probably the worst sentence to use yeah. ever yeah. um you know when it comes to when it comes to your own mental health and and i and i was using that and um and you know if i probably would have opened up a bit more early on i probably wouldn't able to deal with the deal with the problems a bit better um but you know i was sort of dealing it in my way which was talking to a couple of people on the show that show that i trusted in a cut and you know two mm. of my mates off the show mm. that you're ringing up and dealing with so um, but then again, yeah, no one really knows your what you dealt with until the show came out, and then you know the whole of Australia is pretty much ropeable with what happened. So yeah, so I wonder yeah. if your experience on the show there, you know, basically sounds like the whole thing was a lot of rubbish, um, very staged, obviously. And was there any script? And just oh, sort of buddy, no, no yeah, right. <laughs> oh, the bet a lot of people say is it is it scripted, and the and the best way. Oh, the best way I can describe it. Is this a it, scoop? <laughs> actually, I haven't. I haven't said this before, but um, the best way I can describe it is uh, like going back to the Gold Coast. There was uh, like people out there probably remember that um, I had a, like a picnic set up beside the buddy the spa downstairs. So they've come in and they've gone. Oh, here's all your food. You're going to do a little spread and you're going to talk about this. So, um, have you ever made a picnic before? <laughs> Yes, I have actually. <laughs> Usually, though, there's a fire involved at my place, couple yeah, of logs, and that oh, sort of jazz. And oh, yeah, the dogs yeah. come in and buddy raid yeah, your food, yeah. and you got to buddy fight for the bug of it. Um, <laughs> you're down there, buddy. Yeah, so like you know, old mate come in, and you're going, oh, we got this romantic buddy, blah blah blah. And um, you know, you, you're sitting there chin wagging, and basically they're they're with a the cattle, like you know, they don't 
have a cattle prod, but buddy, they basically have a cattle prod, and you're going, oh, feelings, 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 feelings. Geez, the weather's nice, and they go, Bzzz, don't waste our time. You know not to talk about the weather. Back to buddy, doing feelings, <laughs> and kidding. you just go, and you just go, yeah. oh, all right, oh, yeah, 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 and then you, yeah, feelings, feelings, feelings. Oh, did you see the mullet jump out of the water? And, <laughs> and then yeah, the cattle prod comes out again, and that's the best way I can describe it. Is nice. that it's it's. So is that a natural sort of, um, you know, are you comfortable talking about feelings like that, like that much, as much as you? Oh, you know, not, they, they need you to. Oh, no way. Not a, no, any bloke out there that says yes, you're a bloody idiot. So you are. Not at all. So you're forcing it. You, you yeah, know, oh, 100%. You're, you're performing. You mm. know, how do you feel about that? It's weird. Mm. It's weird. Like every, every time you're on camera, you're doing something, it's basically you're talking about feelings. How do you feel at this certain time? How do you feel at this certain time? You're like, um, I, there's a classic story about this. Um, I, was, I was telling a bloke at similar sort of yarn the other day, and he was saying that um, uh, he knows a bloke out out bush, sort of out Rome away, and buddy, he just goes, oh, the the missus was at the pub and goes, oh, buddy, he just hasn't said he he's loves me in about thirty years, and and the bloke's gone. Well, it's because nothing's changed. Do you, do you remember in the wedding vows, I love you, and if something changes, I'll let you know. Nothing's bloody changed. <laughs> is that the most romantic story you've ever heard? That's st- <laughs> that is that's classic, isn't it? That's, yeah. that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and that, but as he said, he, he remembers the vows, and yeah, if something changes, I'll let you know. So, sickness and in health. I think Dan, Dan yeah. remembers my vows better than I remember my own yeah, vows. Yeah, because Ed said, um, you know, he's got a massive mouth on him. <laughs> he says, I, I promise to always listen first and talk second. And I said God. in my speech, mate, I will hold you to that because you do not have the capacity to listen <laughs> and talk. Every, it's like every the time, roadrunner with his mail, eh? Every time my wife comes in, he's, Dan always asks, that's the first question he asks. They always have, you know, they'll have a little bloody, you know. Lover's tiff. Your lover's tiff. And they'll be like, listen first, talk second, Ed. <laughs> and <laughs> I, that, that's me poking the bear. He's right? yeah, accountable. Like, yeah. You know, Is it uh, still the honeymoon stage, though, just from an outside looking in? And I think... I I think married life has really changed him. Oh. <laughs> I noticed he's got a certain glow about him. I just didn't realise. Yeah, well, it's, it's a special time. It is. We haven't been on the Get honeymoon around yet. It. Haven't been on the honeymoon yet. Really? Going, Why not? Going at the end of the month. Where are you going? Italy and Greece. We're coming. <laughs> We're going on tour. <laughs> <laughs> bloody oath, bloody oath. I'd love to. I've got to stay here and run the business. Uh, <laughs> someone's got a me in the ship, eh? Yeah, bloody oath. So, um, just a little bit more on the show. So, um... I just wanted to, like, you, you, you sought out a counsellor, or mm. uh, sorry, a psychologist after the show, and, um, like, you said it was a positive experience. Would you, like, for our listeners out there, because, like, we're trying to um, get people to understand that early intervention is the key, and you've talked oh, about... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, drinking and, yeah. And, and not knowing, like, that being a coping mechanism, mm. and you not knowing because that was what you were doing. Yep. So, like, would you, like, your advice for people, like, would you say go out and see someone... Earlier, yes, yes, and oh, absolutely, make that appointment. Absolutely, I, I just wish I hadn't have uh, listened to old mate who said, who said it was, um, you know, they were hunting for the for the producers, and um, I wish I would have, yes, probably spoken, uh, spoken to the lady and actually gone out and investigated for myself what the go was. So that might might have saved a bit of saved a bit of mental grief on um, on my behalf, but that was probably, you know, listening to someone. Um, you know who I don't want to say this said person's name, mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, she wasn't very trustworthy on the particular show no. itself as well yeah. either. So I probably should have taken heed to that yeah. and not listened to said person. So yeah, yeah. Um, I guess by the sounds of it, you've also got a really solid friendship circle and good support, good mates. It sounds like you've mm. got a you know strong, tight family, and so you know I guess maybe in your case, there there's probably your, your go to. You know, yeah. primarily than maybe seeking out a random. You yeah, know? oh, absolutely. Yeah, which yeah. I think, which I think is important as well. Mm. You know, it's yeah, it's still good. To, it's like anything, you know. You look. Um, I know even even doing any job, you know, you bounce ideas off people. Oh, how do we build this? How do we build that? Ben, like I do, bank fit outs and shop fit outs and that sort of thing. And sometimes you just can't. How the hell? Yeah, we're gonna do this. And yeah. you know, two heads are better than one. Bounce ideas off each other. So sometimes it's best off. To go see that random person, to buddy, I'm, yeah, definitely to have I'm, a yeah. chin wag with, so for sure, for mm. sure, and so and the, and the women on the show, like you know, your ex misses on the show, nuts, nuts, <laughs> but the like I see, um, you know, news articles and stuff like that's always coming up in Facebook feeds, and and it like I look at it, I'm just like, like she looks sort of like she's trying to get people to accept her for. For, for something that she's not. Yeah. Um, like, you can see she had a lot of cosmetic surgery and she's really running that um, skimpy stuff on Instagram and, mm. and looking for sort of um, instant gratification from a group of people that don't know who she is. Yes. Yeah. So, like, do you think, like, she's probably struggling in her own world? Oh, she might be, but without without focusing too much on her, it was... I, I'm a very newbie when it comes to Instagram. I only got it a couple of weeks before the show just to, just to see what it's all about and that sort of thing. And um, Next minute, 170,000 yeah. followers. Oh, unreal. <laughs> and who, who, Who'd have thunk it? Yeah. You exploded. I, I didn't see that happening. But, um, but yeah, like, um, like I know, I know, I know just, just following certain people, certain people and, and that sort of thing, it seems to be a lot of the case of, um, especially with the females out there, if they, oh, I'm feeling a bit down today, I'll skimp down to wear a bugger all and just cover me nipples and put a put a photo on Instagram instead of celebrating all the beautiful, amazing, strong, intelligent women out there. Once again, society's just going to the beauty section, and like you have a look at even today in the bloody even today there was an article about some bloody influencer in Melbourne. And the influencer just so happened to be this absolutely drop dead gorgeous blonde girl. Like, why couldn't it, why couldn't it be that the strong, beautiful women who are doing so well for the women's, you know, Me Too movement, the, yep. you know, really supporting, you know, champion women's equality and this sort of thing, and we're focusing on women that get lip fillers, that get cheek fillers, that wear mm. g strings and little tiny bikinis on Instagram instead of going. Here's a beautiful, independent, strong woman. Yeah, let's let's see what she has to say instead of just the the beauty side of it. Well, how do we change that culture? How does that shift? Do you reckon? <laughs> like, how do we? Oh, probably, to be perfectly honest with you, probably more of this going mainstream. More, it's getting getting this getting said person down and and really nutting into the. Nutting into the the um, you know what makes them tick and yeah. and the the just how smart and intelligent that they are and um on like there's 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 a few out there but like I I don't know how as a society we can change 
to really accept that and make make it more of a mainstream thing instead of just oh she's a size six with massive kahunas let's bloody have a look at her on Instagram no mm. there's like oh, there's one woman in particular that I follow on Instagram and I, I'm starting to have a bit of a um lot just work with especially a lot of rural uh, mental health thing and we've got a we got a couple of things coming up in in Brisbane itself here like a dust off depression day yeah and it's yeah mental health in in the bush and like this this woman should be should be champion for what she's doing for the bush. Yeah. Um, but, like, she's got um, – she, I think oh, – I wouldn't have have a clue how many how many followers she has, but, she yeah, she's a single mum working as a jillaroo in the bush. Mm. Like, yeah. like, the things she does should be cha- should be champion. Yeah, stuff to like, should, what, that's, um, Zoe Eaton, isn't it? Zoe, yeah, yeah, Zoe yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Zoe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's, mm. yeah, she's doing some big things out there, mm. which is really cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but so. I, I, I just wonder if it's – Almost a bit of an identity crisis or a bit of a, yeah, just a lack of identity. Yeah. I think if you are, you know, if you see yourself as, you know, I guess you don't see yourself as an object, but you're selling sex, I guess, you know. Yes. Yeah. Right? And that's the thing, you mm. know, that's what, what they sort of identify themselves as. That's what well, they it's an perceive, easy sell. They perceive yes. that as yeah. their asset, you mm. know, rather than, oh, well, that's that's easy. I can do that. I can, I can make a buck mm. doing that. Why do I need to, you know, Absolutely. be intellectual or, you know, yeah. and that's and you have a look at you have a look at certain people. Let's let's just take the the married at first sight, the the, the women on there as a as a cross section of society, right? You have a look at certain people's Instagram that are wearing bugger all, have you know certain things hanging out for everything to see, and then you have a look at the likes of Jules, Heidi, like these amazing, beautiful, strong women who aren't doing any of that. They're, and they're sexual, amazing women that have that are oozing all that sort of jazz, and yet they're not doing any of that. Mm. And I look at and I look at them as far more attractive. If I was a, if I was a company, I'm going to those two women. And then you look at um, like Tamara is another fascinating one. Like she's a she's a beautiful, amazing woman, but she does a lot of the a lot of the certain things and and posts that sort of stuff up. And and I'd sort of say to her. Ugh. You know, you're more than that. You you're that. you're not like those other ones. You're better than that. Mm. But you know, she's amazing and beautiful. You know, you do you. Well, I'm not telling you how to how to run mm. your life. Mm. You know, um, survive this long. But yeah, she's got a hell of a lot more to offer than just uh, the skin tight and things hanging out and that sort of jazz. So, well, we were talking um, before about um, you know what, what they're doing in Canada with Instagram trolling. You know, not uh, not showing the likes on someone's picture. And I think obviously. That's what people chase, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even so, you can see your own likes, but no one else can see how many likes your pictures have got. And so, I think I'm interested to see how this is going to change people's perception. Yes, absolutely. Of of what what actually is, you know, beauty and what Mm. is, you know, worth a like and you know, absolutely stuff. So, yeah, yeah. it's it. Yeah, it it might change it, but then again, it might. it might carry on. People will just chuck more selfies. Wonder what would happen if Instagram broke tomorrow. Oh, you know? there'd be a lot of people out of work. That's Unreal. for sure. Yes, okay. <laughs> okay. a lot of people. That'd stuff them. That'd be us yeah. too. We'd be down the gurgle. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why we think don't that's, that's, that's why we're getting into podcasts now. We've got <laughs> multi platforms. Yes, that's the go. <laughs> so, um, sort of rounding out, I suppose. What. You know, with your influence now, you've got a you know, huge following. Like Dan said before, you're like 180,000 followers. Post-show, post mm. it's yeah. all, she's all wrapped up. So what are you doing, you know, to, to make a, a positive outcome from the show? Like what are you what are you doing now with your 
with your newfound fame? Oh, like I said, with the, you know, helping um, Zoe sort of just, she was another one who just contacted me through Instagram and said, oh, will you wear the wear this hat, the dust off depression hat? And I've gone, yeah, yeah, no worries. Put it up on my story and then um, Boots got into motion. Um, the lady at, uh, yeah, Rivershore, Rivershore Resort on um, the sunny coast organised a fundraiser on Anzac Day and it was the, um, you know, we raised a heap of funds for um, the dust off depression thing as well as raising a bit of money for the RSL as well and, um and yeah, a lot, a lot of that, like that sort of thing, came into it. So we're doing another um, that charity event's coming up shortly with um, with dissection and yeah, dust off depression, and um, that's been that's something really cool to get into. Um, as well as like you know, look, let's look at mental health in the construction industry, which you guys are dealing with, and um, I know lots of lots of blokes out there who need a day off to sort life out but they can't afford to um and this is the and a, a lot of people a lot of people break out at work and, and they'll say stuff they don't mean to this that and the other because they're struggling at home and um like if you bring a system in where the, you know the government goes right oh you have you have two days off you've had enough then there's going to be it's kind of like the welfare system now people are going to abuse Use it, it yeah. so it, it's a it's a fine line and and something needs to happen on that front um, and that's a great thing you know you boys are doing by bringing mental health in the construction industry to the front because I I talk about this with um was with a mate of mine as well and I look uh, Greg Inglis great footy player right and I oh, know he had a knee reconstruction off um, he wasn't playing footy for about nine or ten months yeah um, I know when I had a re- re- reconstruction. <laughs> um, Buddy, I was making 160 bucks a week, I think, the footy club was paying me, and I had to pay rent, um, car, car insurance, Mate, this, rent, that and the other. Bucks, well, yeah, exactly. And so yeah, I remember Greg Inglis did a, did a chat, and he was talking about depression, how depressed he was, this, that and the other. And it's like, mate, you're making 20,000 bucks a week. You have nothing to worry about. Like, mm. And you, you, then you talk about in – like he's and but in the real world, like people – are out of work, like there might be no work for two weeks, so they've got the mortgage stress as well. And mm. it's like, you know, you, you blokes are out of touch. Well, I think I think it's funny to talk about the Greg Inglis thing. Like I'm a mad Rabbitoh supporter, if anyone didn't know that already. No, no one, no no one, one even <laughs> no one asked you either. So let's just... But he's, he's, got, he's got more teeth than the average yeah, Rabbitoh supporter. <laughs> Times three. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, but the thing, I think it's funny because people, you know, say that, you know, like, oh, you know, he's got everything. You know, what, what does he have to be mm. depressed about? But, the thing is, like his individual um, story is um, that he was struggling because he was someone, and then when he was injured, he was no one. Yes. yes so yes. it's like um, no one can really understand until you're in that position. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. And like it's same with you. Like when you went through that show, like you know, people might be listening now. Like, oh, shit, what was he yeah, impressed on that show for, mate? Mate, on national television. Yeah. But the thing is, they don't understand. People don't get mm. it, and that's the you know that's the thing about uh, like what we're trying to get out to people, um, and what we've learned is like you know putting like trying to put yourself in their shoes and mm. understand it from their perspective because we can only see what we can through our yeah. own eyes. His identity is a footy player. Yeah, that yes. is all he yeah. is, and yes. he's been playing that since he was sixteen years old. And like you know, no, when, but but that. you have all. But I mean, as a professional, mm. you know, like it's just like it's unbelievable, and you see what that guy. Like, Shit, I just turned into a keyboard warrior. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no, but you see, where did that keyboard come from? <laughs> I brought it myself. Remember the email you sent? Bring your bring own keyboard. keyboard. Yeah. Can, you, can you put the keyboard back with your comb? <laughs> 
please. <laughs> but it's um, like it's interesting, and like you, after he's just retired, and they were showing videos of him. Um, like yeah, like I was saying, he was sixteen, and he's just a tall, lanky guy playing for North Devils. Like he mm. was just a skinny, tall Aboriginal kid. Gun. And you look at him now, and he's his chest is you know he does have a it, big it, chest, it's like it? a foot deep. It's mm. unbelievable, huge. And like that, that's all he's been. Like they've built this mm. you know animal of a football player, and now. It's over. Mm. Life after like, footy is a whole nother conversation. That's a whole oh, other podcast. Oh, yes, yes. I was that's actually – I listened to a bit the other day. Yeah, unreal. It's yeah. – um, yeah, it's, that's it's, another issue. It's pretty – yeah, it's pretty interesting. So interesting. so you've got – so you've come out of it now. She's all wrapped up. You've you've got a bit of, you know, social media following now. So you obviously want to use it for a bit of, you know, mm. a bit of good, a bit of, a bit of charitable stuff, which is fantastic. You're mm. talking about the green shirts. Yes, earlier, earlier yeah. Which so it was pretty cool. Um, that's yeah, that's something that sort of yeah is is now close. Like during the show, they um, right at the start of the show, they sort of pinned me as the farmer on the show, and I I remember the conversation. I said, yeah, by the way, I'm going to nip this in the bud early. Not a farmer, not a farmer's asshole. If you put me as a farmer, that's an embarrassment to every I'm man, woman, farmer. and child. That actually works the land because I grew up in northern Brisbane. You know, like your six hundred square block. You know, you. But he go down to the park and um, and you know that sort of jazz. I had no idea about animals. Even when I bought my place, like I got sheep and just like all right, time to learn everything there is about sheep. And um, <laughs> like and and now I I think I'm pretty I'm pretty knowledgeable on the thing. But then yeah, they pin me as the farmer. So a lot of people you'd run into, they go, oh look, I remember going out at Buddy. I was out at Gun to Windy the other week, and the Buddy bloke who works for Landmark. Um, He's the livestock agent out there, and he's gone, Mick, 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 here you go. And I've gone, woo, woo, woo. Before you think I own a big bloody farm, I've just got 20 of the buggers, right? You're not getting right, any that, business out of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, that was the sort of vibe I got from from him chatting. And it's like, once again, you know, the, the media building you up, yeah, yeah to, something, yeah. to something you're not. Like, I'm a, I'm a tradie who, buddy, who wanted a lifestyle change for myself and my future family. So... Yeah. Um, that was that was fairly frustrating. Then I was like, you know what, bugger it. I'm gonna if you want farmer, I'll give you farmer. So then I I sort of aligned myself with um, a really good cause called the, the Green Shirt Movement, which is all about getting the getting the rights back to the to the farmers and against the you know and getting the whole agricultural sector together and uniting against um, against the rubbish laws that are getting bought out yeah. now. And um, that's been such an amazing amazing network and it's and it's almost like um you know you talk about belonging to a footy club and and something i I know myself after i've done the done the last knee um not playing footy again and it's like there's there's all my hobbies gone like i can't play community i can't play sport again it's like what am i gonna do like i'm um and there was a lot there's a lot of talk about blokes in their 30 especially finding it hard to hard to meet new friends and and this, that, and the other. And I know for me, it was a bit of a struggle when I got back from to Darwin, is to meet new people and um, and that sort of a jazz. So, and I, I found myself through through the green shirts is just such a such a great a great community to be a part of, and knowing you're actually actually doing something That's really awesome, good. Um, and like I said, I, I'm not a I'm not a farmer at all. However, you know when the when the new vegetation laws do come in. Um, that the that they're bringing in, I won't be able to clear any more of like my land, and that's basically my vision for my land gone out the window. Um, so, um, and yeah, you're basically telling farmers they're a pack of idiots, and and it, it, it's just rubbish. And the more you read into it, it's just the more corrupt and and bullshit it is. Yeah. 
Um, so it's and like I've been getting through the through Instagram again, once again being a being a powerful tool that I hated with a passion before I joined up. Um, I was getting like the the first time that green shirt got seen on television, I was getting messages from from men and women going. Um, thank you so much. This this Labor government has done me out of a job. I remember one one in particular. Um, this Labor government has done me out of a job um, with the new VMS, the vehicle monitoring system laws that they're bringing in. And um, I remember just just sort of I read that and I sort of sat back in my chair and just go, oh, wow, you know, like oh, I can do something good here, positive. Um, so and I know especially um, you know most farmers got better things to do um, than buddy. Um, you know, email and buddy fight the government. Yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah. that's it. So, um, you know, if I get in there and help out and buddy and, and do something good about it, and, and even just little things like make make people aware of where their food comes from, because with the with the laws and the and everything that's coming in soon, if if the Australian farmer isn't isn't protected by the Australian government, we'll be getting all our food from overseas sources. And Australia got the greenest agricultural sector in the world now. So basically. A lot of the t- even now, like you, you import your food and that from China. It's, it's covered in chemicals. It's not up to the same nutritional value as the as the food that's grown in Australia. And you know all these all these veg all these you know vegans and that that are having a having a Barney and that at the moment. And it's like you you should be sticking up. This is where your food's coming from, champion. Not buddy. You know, like mm. what are you doing? Mm. They're, they're fighting the wrong fight. Yeah, I I believe. But you know, there's like I said, there's no talking sense to some people. So. Um, and that, that's a real powerful tool. And even like that, one of the, the heads of the green shirts come over my place the other day and, um, yeah, I'm, we were just on having, you know, just having a chin wagon and talking politics and that sort of thing. And he's just gone, you've put just through the exposure you've, you've given the green shirts and, and farmers in general, you've, you've put us forward, um, so many years and like, we can't thank you enough. And it's going, mate, the, the thanks is just being able to be part of, what's happening in in the future that's all that's all i want and it's i'm not getting paid out of it people think that i'm i'm getting paid out of it and that sort of thing no it costs me heaps to drive down from gimpy to brisbane and show up and um so yeah in a couple of weeks like for the for the um you know the buddy uh parliament buddy what are we voting yeah that's what yeah that word yeah i'm struggling with that yeah but like election i'll be down yeah that word yeah i struggle with that one Bloody voting. So no, I'll be down there in the like the Jim Boomba area with um a couple of people down there, you know, pl- um just trying to get people to vote anything but bloody labour and the green. So it's a worse thing for the agricultural sector and and small businesses in general in Australia that are gonna get taxed too much. And once again, if if they do come into power, your small companies or your subbies are gonna get taxed through the roof, which equals mortgage stress, which equals relationship breakdowns, which equal Mental, Mental health. health. Mm, that's Mate, it. Yeah, I tell you what, like, I firm believer in, you know, different things you go through in life lead you to where you're supposed to go. Mm. And if married at first sight is a stepping stone to, uh, to to lead you to, you know, to where you're supposed to be, you're, you're a bloody stand-up guy. And it's been... Been good to have a yarn with you. It's so that's awesome, cool. Yeah. It's been awesome. Thanks, guys. Um, just Cheers. Before we wrap up, we had a, a, a bunch of Instagram messages coming through, some questions for <laughs> you. <laughs> there were some funny ones. There were definitely some ones we can't, you know. Can't, can't, <laughs> we'll keep them for afterwards. Yeah, can't read out. But there, <laughs> but there was a few, you know, just, just briefly. What's what's next for Mick Gould was, was the theme there, so... Oh, I don't know. Like at the moment, I just want to get back in the work and get the get your life back, get the bank account, and just get back to normality. And 
Um, the one thing I do want to do with my particular Instagram is to just promote small business and promote Australian business, and um, and in particular the bloody like the agricultural sector because it's one thing that a lot of people. Uh, in the city in particular have no idea what's going on and what's going on. And, and, and if through if I can be one little part of uh, helping people understand where your food comes from, how it gets made, the blood, sweat and tears that go into putting bloody food on your plate three, four, five times a bloody day, um, and if you can make better choices to help out Australian companies, Australian farmers in general... Um, it's a it's a better it's a better thing. Like there was a company the other day that got in touch with me called Our Cow, and they're oh, oh, my wedding. Yeah, they those guys. My, they work with my old man. Oh, fair dinkum. Remember, but it's a small there you world, go. Right? Yeah, yeah, B yeah. And Dave. B and Dave. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yanker and Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, buddy. Um, they're they're legends, and they they got in contact with me through Instagram, dropped some meat off, blah blah blah, and um and that's one little thing that so they're going straight through to um. Like all, all their they they're buying they're buying their their cows off local farmers. Yeah. So the money's staying local. They know you know exactly where your food's coming from, um, and that sort of thing. And it's helping out local families. And instead of you know lying in the pocket of bloody Coles and Woolworths CEOs, buy another bloody island off the coast of bloody Kosamui or wherever the bloody hell that is, you know, like you're helping local businesses and local families. And there's too many, like even out at Gundawindi the other week, there's too many shop fronts that are empty. Yeah. And that's and that's an indicament of, of society in general not caring. And instead of, you know, shopping around, going local, spending that little bit extra or not even spending that little bit extra, just going to the shop next door or the butcher shop or the veggie shop where you know it's coming local... But this this is just basic stuff that that can help out, not like the Australian economy. Like in, you know, it's just mind boggling. Nice, mate. We did have a question from our cow. They they, they wanted to know how the meat was. Yeah, they did. unbelievable, unbelievable. Like awesome. I was actually talking to them the other day, and um, I've never seen marbling on a T bone like they had. Stop unbelievable. It. Let's go oh, get one. Let's, let's go. go. Get one. Let's go. <laughs> get one, yeah. Awesome, mate. Mick, you've been an absolute pleasure. Um, thanks for coming on the show. Um, yeah, mate. You're uh, you're a bloody you're 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 a legend. Good on you, mate. Thanks, thanks mate. guys. Cheers. First rounds on you. <laughs>